You know, Jesus issued many invitations during his lifetime. You know, the first invitation Jesus issued was when he was just getting started, just getting started. And he was going by and there were a group of fishermen. And the book of Matthew chapter 4, 18 through 30, we see Jesus saying, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net, for they were fishermen. And listen to what Jesus said to them. He said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. That was a great invitation. They left their net, and they followed Jesus. You know, Jesus gave a number of invitations. And then there was another occasion in which he gave you and I an invitation. In the chapter, uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 23, he says to us, if anyone wants to follow me, if anyone wants to be my disciple, he said, if you want to be, he said, tell you what you do. You just deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. He invited us to follow him. And then he went on and he talked about that um, he is the light of the world and that he was only going to be around personally for a while. And he challenged us in John 12, verses 35 and 36. Jesus said to them, a little while, the light, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light. Lest the darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. So Jesus just gave all kind of invitations. But you know what? He gave a very personal invitation. All those were personal. But Jesus gave a personal invitation to us because he knew where we were living. Jesus knew the world that we were going to live in. He knew what this world was going to be like. He knew the pressures that we all were going to experience in our daily life. So he issued one of the greatest invitations. Man, it is so full of encouragement. And it's so full of hope. And it's found in, Luke, in, uh, in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. I want you to listen to this. Now this is an invitation to you from Jesus. And I hope you'll heed it. I'm reading in verse 28. Come to me. This is Matthew 11:28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, wait a minute. He said, all of you that are struggling, all of you that are weighted down, all of you that are under heavy burden, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Well, that's quite an invitation, isn't it? And then he said, now you need to really hook up with me. He said, take my yoke. And you know how a yoke of oxen in. Here was a yoke, and one oxen's head went through it, and here was another yoke, and an oxen's head went through that, and they moved together in unity. So Jesus said, now listen, you, you, you join up with me. You hook up with me. You yoke up with me. 
He said, take my yoke upon you. Now listen to what he said. And learn from me. And then he said something else. You will find rest for your soul. There's given rest when you come to Jesus. But also there's learned rest. You learn how to rest. When you hook up and get under the yoke with Jesus. And he goes on and says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And listen at this. He says, I'm easy to get along with. Listen to what he said. I am gentle and lowly in your heart, in my heart. You will find rest for your soul. He said, I'm going to give you rest, and you're going to find rest for your soul. But you've got to get under the yoke with me. But you've got to understand. Listen to what he said in the next part of that verse. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The invitation of Jesus. The invitation of Jesus. You know, it's, it's, it's like Jesus was saying, listen, I, I know what kind of world you're living in. I know the pressures you're facing. I know the difficulty that you deal with all the time. And he said, I want you to know that I, I want to walk with you through it. So I'm just asking you to come to me and you'll find rest in me. And then you just learn from me and take my yoke. And you know what you'll do? You will find rest for your souls. You know, uh, in reading about things that uh, affect our physical health and our emotional health, you know, you, 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 you hear all the, you read all these articles, you know, and every day you read something uh, that you, you've been eating for 15 years and they say it's not good for you. You know, you don't come up with that stuff. Hey, 15 years too late. And then, then they tell you about the miracle pill. If you'll take it, you'll, you'll have the fountain of youth. I mean, come on now. It's a lifestyle, y'all. Listen, you know, what really affects our health physically, mentally, and, and emotionally and spiritually? You say, well, Brother Fred, the food we eat, yeah. The food we eat can affect our health. When we don't get enough sleep. You know, especially when you get older. Babies need a lot of sleep. Old people need a lot of sleep. I'm telling you, man, if I don't get enough sleep, I'm worse than a crying baby. So you need sleep. And you know, genetically, that determines a lot about our health. You know, people inherit genes from our, uh, our, you know, our, our family. And, and some of them, you know, their heart attack genes and their cancer genes and all kind of genes. And, and it seems to be in families. So our genetic makeup affects our health. You know, when we abuse our body. You know, every time a person smokes a cigarette, their high blood pressure goes up and their heart rate gets faster and their lung looks like a bunch, bunch of tar. And every time they drink liquor, it pickles their li- uh, alcohol, it pickles their liver. I mean, it, it's just, there are a lot of things we do that affect our health. What we allow in our mind. But you know what I believe? And I believe that scientific research and everything else, The most important thing you do that affects your health is how you handle stress. How you handle the stress kills people. Oh, yeah. It kills people. I had a friend died at 55. 
mixture of stress and alcohol. I had another friend that died at 55. Stress. You know, I want to ask you a question. How do you handle stress anyway? How do you handle it? Well, you know, the thing about it is, Jesus knew that we were going to deal with stress in our life. And he knew that it was going to greatly affect us. So he invited us in all the pressures and all the everyday hassles and troubles of life. Jesus said, now look, I know you are struggling and you've got a heavy burden on you. Why don't you come to me with it? Why don't you do that? And not only come to me, why don't you just get in the yoke with me? And why, why don't you let me teach you, learn from me how to deal in a world full of stress? And when you have a life full of stress, why don't you let me do that? That's an invitation from Jesus. He says, I'm not going to beat you up because you're stressful. I understand. My, uh, my yoke is easy. My, my burden is light. He says, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And so God, he just invites us to come to him and let him help us deal with the stress in our life. You know, you notice, first of all, in this verse, and I want us to look at just at uh, Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. Jesus invites us to himself. Somebody says, well, I've got a lot of stress in my life and I'm going to start going to church. That's a good step. But if far you get is church, you're not, you're going to miss it because you, you know, you got to get through church to Jesus. So while it's good to go to a Bible believing Christ exalting church, that's not enough. You got to go through the church and you got to get to Jesus because he said, come unto me. It's an invitation to come to Jesus. Well, the first place you've got to come to Jesus is as as your Savior and Lord, as as Brother Ronnie sang. He sang. He came to me. Jesus did. He came to you. By the way, he keeps on coming. He doesn't come and quit. But But he came to me. When I could not go to where he was, he came to me. And that's all about this. We're, we are all sinners. That sin separates us from God. There's a great gulf between us who are sinners and holy God. And Jesus came and died on the cross and bridged that gap. And he came to where we are. And if we will receive his sacrificial death on the cross and accept his forgiveness. In other words, if we will repent, God be merciful to me, a sinner. And look to Jesus as our Savior and Lord. If we'll come to him in repentance and faith, Jesus will forgive our sin. will wash them away. By the way, you know what some of the greatest stress that people have? is when they live under guilt. You don't have to tell people when they're doing wrong. They know. Most of them until their mind's messed up. And one of the greatest stresses is they live under guilt. And they live under shame. Yeah. Sin's a heavy burden. So the first place you come to Jesus when you're living a life full of stress is you come to him as Savior 
and you receive him into your life as Savior and Lord, and you receive the forgiveness of your sin, and he lifts the load of guilt off of you and lifts the load of shame off of you and gives you a peace that only Jesus can give. You come to him as Savior and as Lord, and that's where your first place thing that happens when you come to Jesus. But you know what you do? Now, you know, you say, Brother Fred, did, did Jesus really do this? He said, I want you to bring all your struggles. I want you to bring all your stress. I want you to bring all your problems. Because when you come, you bring it all with you. But you know what? He said, I invite you to come on. With all that's got you beaten down. He said, I invite you to come. With all your stress, all your struggles, all your pain, all your heartache, I invite you to come. And you know what he said? I will give you rest. Don't you like that word rest? Now listen, the rest Jesus gives. Now he says, come unto me. And so you come and receive him as your Savior and Lord. Have the forgiveness of your sin and enter into a relationship with Christ. He says, now come unto me. All you and all labor and have it laden, and I'll give you rest. Now, the rest Jesus is talking about is not sitting you, you sitting in a big easy chair eating chips. That is not what he's talking about. He's talking about emotional rest, mental rest, physical rest, but above all else, he's talking about spiritual rest. And, and that's exactly what he's saying. Listen. I can give you rest. I can. I can take care of your sin. And I can give you rest in the midst of a world that is restless. Restless. There used to be this program on television called The Restless Ones. Now, I don't recommend uh, you watching it because it's no good. But it it was a soap opera. And everybody was always tore up about something. One guy lived to be 100. He was always in problems. I, I, his name was, I've forgotten his name. But anyway, you shouldn't know it. You shouldn't have watched it. But anyway, <laughs> well, Lord, every time I'd go by the TV, there he was, and he was in trouble. When I, when I talk about rest, I want you to listen. A spiritual rest, mental rest for your soul. Did you know that's, that, that's the heart of the Father? You, you, you know what it says in Psalm 37, verse 7? You know what it says? Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Just rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently from him. In Psalm 116, verse 7, well, once again, it talks about the heart of God. It says, return to your rest, O my soul. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. He said, listen, don't, don't stay stressed out. Return to your rest, O my soul. The Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Boy, I love Isaiah thirty fifteen. You see, when Jesus came and offered us rest, he was just expressing the heart of God. You know, God doesn't want you to live weighted down. He doesn't want you to live struggling. He doesn't want you to live with a heavy burden. He don't want you to be stressed out. And look what it says. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. But you wouldn't do it. 
You know, let me ask you a question. How you doing with stress? How you doing? Are you uptight? You say, Brother Fred, how do I know if I'm stressed out? Well, let me ask you this. When you get in the fast food line and the people in, in front of you order half of what's in the store, and you say, those are, ne- they are never going to move. And you get all bent out of shape. You, you know, you under stress. Let me ask you this. When the red light lasts longer than two minutes. No, I'm serious with you. This is the longest red light I've ever been in my life. You know, you're stressed out. What about uh, when the person behind you rides right up on your bumper and you say I don't, I'd love to slam on brakes no you don't want to slam on brakes uh-uh. you're stressed out I'm just telling you what about um, the people at work you work you, you work hard you do your part and, and you, you're, you're doing your best but they just goofing off you know they're not doing it you happen to carry your load and their load And it just absolutely drives you up the wall because they're not doing their part. You know, are you really bent out of shape about that? Well, sounds to me me like uh, you're stressed out. really does. What about your children when they're not living up to your expectations? You say, I just don't understand that. I know how good and brilliant I was and how brilliant our wife was. But these kids of ours, they they must be orphans or something. They're just not living up to my expectations. You're stressed out. What about it if if you're just constantly frustrated with your marriage? You know, why, why can't this lady I'm married to just figure it out? Well, why can't you figure it out? And you, you ask him, well, did you wake up grouchy? to know? I, no, I didn't. I let her sleep. I mean, come on. <laughs> but you see, you're under stress. That's what it is. When you're frustrated, hey, you, you can control what you do. You can't control what others do. But when you're frustrated like that, I'm telling you, you're living under stress. Let me say, ask you this. But almost everything irritates you. You just get irritated easily. You just get irritated easily. Well, that's, 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 you're under stress. I'm just telling you. Let me say this. <laughs> if you're always in a hurry, you're always in a hurry. Always. You know, we, we, they say we live in the fast lane. But the fast lane runs out of gas pretty quick and people die. Do, 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 are you always in a hurry? Are you always behind? Well, if you're always in a hurry and you're always behind, you're living under stress. And if you come to the end of every day and say, all that stuff I was supposed to do, I didn't get it done. Man, you're stressed out. I'm just telling you, you are. And you're the person that Jesus was saying, listen. You say, Brother Fred, how do you know all those things? That's how I live. <laughs> Everything I just mentioned bothers me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm serious with you. And God said to me, you know, you're just just doing sorry. 
So I just got on my knees and I said, well, Lord, I'll just tell you one thing. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm old. There's no reason for me to, to live this way. You said, I thought you were more spiritual than that. I did too, but I wasn't. Well, some of you don't, don't, don't try to thank me think you don't do some of the same thing. That's why you're laughing at it when I told you. But I got on my knees right back there at the back and repented and said, all right, God, I'm through with this. I'm through with it. I'm going to relax. I'm on Jesus. I'm going to come to you every moment and every day and say, all right, now, Lord, these things are not going to stress me out. They're in- insignificant. They're not going to make any difference anyway. I can't do anything about it. It keeps me from the, walking in the joy of the Lord. So I refuse to allow to myself to live under stress. And so some of you need to repent for living under stress and just go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I heard your invitation and you told me to come to you if I was laboring and heavy laden. I am, and I know my response is not Christian. It's not Christ-like. You said, don't ever murmur or complain. Said, don't do that. You said, don't murmur or complain. And so, God, I am repenting and I am choosing to find my rest in Jesus. And I'm going to get to the place in you, Jesus, that none of that bothers me. You say, well, Brother Fred, you better hurry up. You're 77 years old. I agree. Man, it's about time I got it right. Well, it's about time you got it right. That's about time you got it right. Life's too short to live under that kind of stress. And so Jesus invites us to come to him and to get to know him and to have intimate fellowship with him. And, and, and start having fellowship with him and, and start looking to him. And when you're in the fast fain line and they bought half of the stuff in the store, you just say, you know, this is a wonderful time for me just to sit here and pray and, and go ahead and thank you for the food I'm going to eat in a few minutes, Lord. Won't you try that instead of getting irritated? When the red light is 10 minutes, 2 minutes, just say, well, Lord, you know, what a time just to relax and breathe deeply. But you know, you're going to do one or the other. And so you, the key is to be so close to Jesus that you realize, hey, that's not the way God wants me to respond. That's not the way God told me to respond. That's not what he said. He told me to come to him and to find, let, let him give me rest. He said, now you come to me and you stay in intimate fellowship with me and, you, and you, uh, you, uh, you just talk to me about it. Talk to me about it. And you talk to yourself about it and say to me, now Lord, I'm not going to live there anymore. I'm not living there anymore. That's not where I'm going to live. Lord, I, I'm going to be stress-free. And I'll be honest with you. I guarantee you, if you recognize how stressed you are, and you start going to Jesus with it and talking to Jesus about it and putting it in Jesus' hands and you, you get under the yoke with him. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, to be in, he says, take my yoke upon you, which means, now listen to me, you've got to be moving in the same way he's direction. Now, if you're in, uh, in, in a, a, a yoke of oxen, one can't go this way and the other can't go that way. And one can't turn around and go back. When you're in a yoke, those oxen, they got to march in step and they got to go straight ahead. So when you get under the yoke of Jesus, he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
then you then you're gonna have to be in step with him which means you've got to listen to the voice of the holy spirit when he speaks to you when jesus corrects you you've got to respond lord you're right that's a bad attitude it's a wrong way that's stressful and i agree with see you you got to get under the yoke with jesus you got to hook up with him and let him be your life let him be your life and, and you know I, I there were times that you know that i, I really wasn't wasn't stressed out easy that there really there were a lot of times that i just nothing just seemed to bother me and nothing seemed to irritate me and but but you know i guess when you get older i don't know that's a good excuse see for <laughs> Getting old ain't got nothing to do with it. And there was a time that I just didn't get frustrated and didn't live under stress. But then I got in this rut, but I'm out of it now. I'm out of it. Now, you ask me the next time, Brother Fred, are you out in that rut? I say, hallelujah, I'm out of the rut. And I think I'll ask you, how stressed are you? Don't, don't lie. Don't lie. You've got to be hooked up with Jesus and move in the same direction he's moving. Now. This is the main part I want to give you. He said, if you're stressed out, struggling, weighted down, come to me. Get to know me as my Savior, as your Savior and your Lord. You walk in fellowship with me. And you talk to me about all those things. And you ask me to give you the grace and the strength by my presence not to let these things stress you out, whatever they are. And I may not mention what's stressing you out. But you, Jesus said, come to me, and, and, and you'll, I'll give you rest. And he said, now you just be sure you're walking in the same direction I'm going. And that's going to help you because I'm going to speak to you, and I'm going to direct you. And if you get stepping out of the way, I'm almost going to remind you, stay under the yoke. It's, it's easy and it's light. But then this is the thing I want to share with you. He said, not only will I give you rest, he said, if, if, you, if you come to me, you will learn from me. He said, I want you to learn from me. Now, th- this is where it is. I want you, he said, I want you to learn from me. There's some things I want to tell you, and you'll find rest for your soul. I want you to learn from me. And the first thing he wants you to learn from him is this. Did you know that Jesus is your friend? Did you know he's your friend? You know, we have many acquaintances, but few friends. Your friends are those who are walking in when everybody else is walking out. But did you know Jesus said to you, I want you to know one thing. I want you to learn this move that I am your friend. I'm not your enemy. You know what John 15, 15 says? I want you to look at the scripture on the screen. John 15, 15 says, I no longer call you servants. I am going to call you my friend. Because you don't tell a servant the things that are very important to you. You only tell that to your friend. And my father and I, we're just going to share with you some very intimate, personal things. Because you know why? I'm your friend. Now, if you're a child of God, I want you to know something. You don't know it, but Jesus is your best friend. He knows you better than anybody else knows you, loves you unconditionally more than anybody else loves you, and he'll always be there for you, always. And when you understand, man, what am I, I'm stressed out for. Jesus is my friend. 
What a friend I have in Jesus. All my sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to talk to Jesus in prayer. But here's the second thing he wants you to learn from him. That not only is he your friend, but he loves you unconditionally. You know, we have trouble with that. See, we all based on performance. If I perform right, God loves me. If I don't perform right, God doesn't love me. God's love is unconditional, and we respond to that con- his love with obedience. But his love is unconditional. There's nothing you can do to make Jesus love you more, nothing you can do to make him love you less, but you can please him and you can obey him. But I want you to listen to what it says in Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. What does it mean to learn from Jesus? He says, learn that I'm your friend, but it says here that he would grant you according to the rich of his grace to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. And then he goes on and says, That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That Jesus is living in you through faith. Get this. And you be rooted and grounded in stress. That is not what it says. That you be rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints the width, length, depth, and height. And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with the fullness of God. He said, listen, if you know how much I love you, how, how wide it is and how deep it is and how high it is, not only me, I, I'm your friend, but you've got to understand, I didn't save you and leave you in this frustrated, wicked, sinful, dark world to go through it alone. He said, I want you to know that I want you to understand That nobody loves you like I love you. And my love for you is always there. And it's high and it's broad and it's deep and it's wide. And he said, if you know how much I love you, you'll be filled with the fullness of God. And you'll know, understand how it is that God is bigger than anything that would ever stress you out. He said, you've got to learn from me. I'm your friend. I love you unconditionally. He said, I'm for you. You say, well, I know Jesus is for me. Do you really? The way you respond to life, do you know he's for you? It says over in Romans chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. It says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? There's some of you, you don't really believe God is for you. You believe you've made God mad. You believe you've got God angry. And you believe that you fail God so many times he's given up on you. And I know how you feel, but that's a lie. That's a lie. If you're God's child, he's for you and he's not against you. And it says here, what, if God is for us, who can be against us? And he goes on in the next verse and says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us uh, freely for us all. How much shall he freely with him give us everything? Hey, you know. Once I understand that Jesus is my friend and that he loves me, it's higher and deeper and wider and longer than I could ever imagine. And that he has promised me that he is for me and not against me. I tell you another thing that he wants you to learn from you. He understands your weaknesses. You know, nothing you do ever surprises Jesus. Whew. 
Oh, I guess that's, oh, I bet I surprised Jesus when I did that. Come on. Oh, no, nothing you ever do ever surprises him. Sometimes he sees you fretting over things, and he, and it doesn't please him. He said, is he ever going to learn? But, you know, the Bible says we don't know how about our weaknesses. Uh, but over in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says, Romans 8, 28 says all things work together for good. But Romans 8, 26 says, sometimes we don't know how to pray. But the Holy Spirit knows our weaknesses and prays for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. You never surprise God by your weakness. Oh, no, you never surprise him. And so i got to learn from him. He's my friend. He loves me unconditionally. He's for me and not against me, and he knows my weaknesses. And let me tell you something else that will bless you. He wants you to know that he'll be faithful to you even when you're not faithful. His faithfulness to you doesn't determine, is not determined by your faithfulness. There's some great verses in the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 through 24. I'm telling you, these are tremendous words. Look what it says. It's through the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. In other words, God, if you were not merciful to me, you would consume me. Amen? You're not sure. I promise you, if it wasn't for God's mercy, we'd all be consumed. It's through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. His compassions do not fail. Glory to God. God's compassion never fails. And he goes on and says, in Lamentations 3 there, it says, they're new every morning. Wow. It's because of your great mercies we're not consumed. Your compassions fail not. Now, wait a minute. They're new every morning. That's why you live one day at a time. you got God's mercy one day at a time. you got God's compassion one day at a time. You've got God's presence one day at a time. I told Carolyn last night as she was thinking about living without Perry being there, I said, you need to understand one thing, that God's grace is going to be sufficient, but you've got to live one hour at a time, and you've got to live one day at a time. You can't live a week at a time. You can't plan a month at a time. Where you are when suddenly the one you loved is gone. I said, it's, it's, it got told us to live this way anyway but now we're in a situation that's the only way you're going to make it God's they're new every morning and look at the next verse where it says about God's faithfulness the Lord is my no we, we missed a verse verse 23 where it says great is your faithfulness it, it's mercies are new every morning and great they're new every morning look at this great is your what you mean you're faithful Lord he said every day but, Lord, I haven't been faithful. He said, that doesn't change me. You're my child. You repented of your sin. You received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're my child. You're in my family. And I want you to know that I am, even sometimes, when you're not faithful, he said, I want to tell you something. I am faithful. And my compassions are faithful. And my mercies are new every day. And he said, you need to understand that. You need to learn from me. And you will find rest for your soul. You know what, I, uh, what else he wants you to know for, about him? That he'll be your strength. Brother Fred, I'm weak. Boy, that's a great place to be. 
You know what you know what God says in his word? Whatever we face, whatever we face now, whatever stresses us out, he said, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. For when you're weak, that's what you're strong when you're, you're that's when you're strong. And and he talks about in Philippians twelve, Philippians four, twelve and thirteen. Paul said here, I know how to be abased. I know how to be abound. I know to have I know I know how to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. He said, I know what it is to be in any condition, and I ain't gonna get stressed out about it. Because look at the next verse. He said, I can do all things by getting stressed. If I just get stressed out enough, they won't stay in that line so long. You ever get irritated when you get in the grocery store line and they got a thousand coupons and you have to sit there and watch them go through all the coupon? <laughs> they ought to have a better way of doing it than that. I'm always in a hurry and I got in that cotton picking line and I've never seen so many coupons in my life. I think they gave her everything in the store. I don't think she spent a dime. I was happy for her. <laughs> but I wish I'd have gotten the other line. I always get in the wrong line. Sometimes it's good just to laugh at yourself how you let things stress you out. I know y'all are too spiritual to let this happen. Do you I understand? Hey, I understand. I mean, I understand. <laughs> That's just it. I do understand. He said, I'll be your strength. I can do all things. And then what's what, what the last thing I want to tell you. You got to learn from him. He said, I want you to stop trying and start trusting. You just stop trying. It says in, 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 in Proverbs 3, first, uh, chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. When you feel frustrated, when you feel down and out and all that kind of stuff, when you're weighted down and struggling, he said, just trust in me with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. He said, listen. In all your ways, acknowledge him. All these things that are happening to you, they didn't catch you by, me by surprise. And I'm going to work all of them for good. What in the world? Why can't you just trust me with your day and trust me with your hours and trust me with your life? Why do you have to get about out of shape about things that really don't matter? Why do you do that? He said, that's not why I came. He said, let me, I'll give you an invitation. Come unto me, all you that are struggling and stressed out and heavy laden. And I, Jesus, if you hook up with me and get to know me and have intimacy with me and trust me and walk with me and keep your eyes on me, he said, I'll give you rest. And by the way, if you'll just hook up with me in the yoke, he, let me tell you what I'll do. He said, I, you can learn from me. And you'll learn everything I am for you. And when you realize that all I am for you, you are going to find rest for your soul. I wish I had a song I could sing about that. <laughs> you know, I'm so th glad that Jesus understands the world we're living in. And I'm so glad that he had invited us to come and get to know him and that he would give, him, give us rest. He said, I'll give you rest and then you get to know me and you'll find rest. I was talking to someone on the phone and we were talking about how the disciples were always getting stressed out. Remember they were in the storm? They were crossing the Sea of Galilee and a big storm came up and the waves were coming over the side of the boat 
And they forgot that Jesus was in the boat because he was sleeping in the storm. And so they, they finally got so stressed out and said, I hate to, I don't want to bother him, but somebody better get him up because we're fixing to sink. And, of course, they woke Jesus up, and he spoke to the wind, and the wind stopped blowing. And he spoke to the waves, and the waves grew calm. And he said, oh, ye of little faith, didn't you know I was in the boat with you, but you were asleep? He said, that's no problem. That was not a problem. I would have got up when it was time. Do you ever feel like Jesus is asleep when you're facing things? I'll tell you, he's never asleep. He who keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. So just remember, if you're saved, Jesus is in the boat. And if the storm, the waves are whipping over the edge of the boat, just remember, he's in the boat. And just talk to him about it. Just talk to him about it. And I'm having so much fun talking to him about it. You know, about all these things would bother me. I'm just having so much fun talking to him about it. And, you know, I feel so much better. I just want to, I don't know what I want to do. I mean, I'm telling you, I feel so good. I don't know what else to do. (laughs) Jesus wants you to not be weighted down. He wants you to come to him. Moment by moment, day by day. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen.